if you design your business to sell, you will last. So the same practice, the same foundation that you're going to build to sell that business is going to make that business sustainable and it's going to make that business, uh, you know, a growing, healthy business. So So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Today, I get to interview Jay Borgana. I think you guys are going to really like hearing about this. You know, one of our questions we say, you know, if you were on stage, what would you talk about? And his big thing would be how to build a profitable real estate business and sell it in five years or less. We're going to talk about how Jay did that, bought and sold a business, and some of the things he's working on now, and maybe how he can help you if you guys are interested in that. Jay was born and raised in Morocco lives in Orange County, California with his wife and his two children. The, and he is a recovering management consultant turned business owner. I can't wait to talk about that and how he got there and how he grew his real estate brand. So Jay, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Uh, right. By the way, before, before we get started, I want to give you a shout out on a great book. You know, I'm, I'm halfway through it. Thank that, you yeah. for writing it and I'm enjoying it. Maybe we can, you know, I'll, get together and, and maybe have a tribe around uh, buying foreclosures when they become available. Yes, I'd love to be able to talk to you. Jay was holding up our book, uh, Built, Bit, Bidding to Buy. So it was a new one released by Bigger Pockets uh, just a month ago. And yeah, right now foreclosures are on such a crazy moratorium that they've been almost you know, totally on hold. And the, but you know, come January, we think it's going to be turned back on, but there's also talk in the stimulus. They're going to postpone foreclosures a whole additional year. So we'll see what happens with that. But thanks for the shout out yeah. on the book. I love seeing that. You've got so many books behind you. So the, if our book made it on that list with uh, me and David Osborne wrote that book, I'm happy to see it. So I enjoy it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I have a lot of notes. So I'm looking forward to putting it in practice for sure. That's awesome. So, you, so one of the things you talked about is you were in a recovery management consultant business. Yeah. What, what is recovery management? So the, what, what were you doing before you were in real estate? So, so like I said, I'm uh, originally from Morocco. I, uh, you know, I started my career in banking early, early age. Um, I enjoyed uh, working with consumer, but I also enjoyed more working with entrepreneurs and helping entrepreneurs get loans and get facilities and uh, doing stuff. I worked in Morocco. I worked in Europe. Um, and I get to see kind of like, um, you know, early 90s, there's not, there are not a ton of opportunities. There's, uh, the, the world economy was in a recession and uh, high unemployment rates. So um, I, I kind of saw like the, the, the impact of the environment, economic environment on, on small uh, businesses. So when I came to the US, I wanted to you know, get away from banking and I went into manufacturing. You know, I spent uh, about five years with a company, three years of those five in China, where essentially uh, reorganized uh, a million square foot facility that produced home uh, decor products, food products, health and beauty products, uh, 3,000 employees, 24/7 operation, and uh, and then we, you know, we kind of like uh, got hit by 2007, and uh, that business kind of like uh, got shut down. And uh, I went into essentially uh, helping uh, businesses in a uh, in a consultant way 
into reorganizing their operation to become more profitable. So I was, you know, traveling across the, the country and across the world into different industries, whether it is manufacturing or distribution or service industries, and turning their operation from, you know, losing money operation to making money operation from a bad culture to a good culture. And, um, and I enjoyed that part, you know, until I got kind of like tired of traveling and spending uh, a year at a hotel, you know, next to a warehouse. And uh, so I went into essentially I took a year off and uh, started buying some properties around 2012. And I enjoyed that process of, uh, you know, creating value in real estate and seeing ho uh, home property values go up. I was intrigued by uh, the real estate process. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to get into sales to kind of learn a little bit more. And during that time, I met my wife and uh, we got married and had my first uh, child on the way. And uh, real estate became serious for me. And, and all of a sudden, it turns from something that I was interested in into, you know, a career. And um, so that's the kind of like the, the recovery from being a consultant, uh, a business management consultant to become an entrepreneur. And uh, we started, you know, started in sales like any other, you know, a new agent uh, hit the phone, call, cold call around the neighborhoods and uh, set an appointments to take listings. And but I was thinking about it from a different perspective, a different angle where I didn't want to just create a job for myself. I wanted to build a business. So I was as I was looking around in a real estate space, I, I figured that most companies, more real estate companies were more like a multi-level marketing operations where they will just recruit as many bodies as they can and whoever succeeds, succeeds and whoever uh, fails, fails. And I didn't, I wanted to change that, you know, uh, as, you know, as I'm seeing the, uh, the demographics of the, the consumer of the home buyer and the seller is changing and the uh, demographics of the population of Asians still uh, averaging about 55 years old. Uh, there's a big gap between what's going on, you know, from the consumer standpoint and what the, uh, the industry is, you know, is delivering as, a, as, a, as a agents. And um, so I kind of like a, a, I rode the whole Internet lead generation, you know, wave and, you know, kind of uh, the, the millennial buyer wave. And essentially we built uh, a brand, we built a, an, a company. Uh, that is uh, systemized and uh, standardized to deliver a certain experience to that uh, niche, essentially. And like they say, you know, riches okay. are in niches. Yeah. So the so let's dig into that first year. So you said so you did all the stuff as an agent. You started what what and how long ago was that? Uh, so around 2013. All right, so 2013, you decided I'm going to become an agent. Yeah. And the and where did you go to work first? Century 21 office. All right, Century 21. And where was that? Uh, that was in Irvine, actually. Irvine, All right. So California. in Irvine, yeah. you enjoyed a Century 21 office. You said, I want to get into real estate. I've been traveling and I'm ready to not. How do I get started? And so you said you went in and you started doing the normal sales stuff, but you had a long-term plan and vision. But what was that normal sales stuff? How did you get your first listing or your first buyer agent? Did you do more listings or, or more buyer agent stuff? That's a great, yeah, that's a great question. So I joined uh, what we call a Mike Ferry office. Essentially, uh, they had a, a literally uh, a list, a, uh, a stack of uh, phone numbers that were sitting on the side. Uh, they had a stack of scripts on the other side, and they showed me where the phone was. And essentially, I was literally, you know, dialing with the phone, uh, and I had the script on in front of me, and I had the Mike Ferry script in front of me, and I had the list of home phone numbers in front of me, and I just did it for, you know, probably... Uh, 12, 18 months, uh, 10 so, hours a day, six days a week. 
So they said, here's the numbers you're going to call and here's what you're going to say. And yeah. the, and so then it was just up to you. And so you said yep. like 10 hours a day, you were making those calls and just going for it. So the, yeah. which is a pretty incredible way to start. What did they tell you where they got those leads or where those phone numbers came from? Oh, they're essentially just a list, just the home phone numbers. You know, they're all home phone numbers. Most of the people picked up were old people that still had home phone numbers. And that's all I did for about, you know, 18 months. So they didn't even know who the people were. It was just, no. to it was just totally cold. This person has a phone in their house. Yes. And so what, what was the call? What, did, what, if they said, hello, Circle what was, what was yeah. your call? Just, you know, hi, this is Jay with Century 21. We just listed a home down the street on 123 Main Street. Uh, it's a three bedroom, two bath, and it's $700,000. And I was calling to see if you knew anyone who was thinking about buying. No, fantastic. And this, this, the Mike Ferry script, you know what I mean? I'm glad, you know, thank you for thinking about it. How about yourself when you plan on moving and you go through the whole script. And the, and so how long before you got a deal? So you were calling like crazy. I, yeah. And you, and so you jumped right in. They said, here's your script. Here's your numbers. How long before you actually started getting deals? It took me about six months to close my first deal. That is, uh, that's a very common story. Like, yeah. I mean, I just finished interviewing somebody that had like 30 deals their first year, which that's fantastic. And some of you guys out there listening, you are going to have that year and there's so much possible. It's also very important for people to realize. And now remember, Jay like sold his company for a ton of money too. So when we think about if you're in this business and you're working 10, 12 hours a day calling, it might take six months to get that first deal. So what was that first deal? Do you remember it? Yeah, uh, it was actually a short sale. Okay. Uh, it was a family. Yeah, I called this family on a Friday night. I remember uh, the lady was super sweet. And uh, she asked, she, I told her if she was thinking about selling. She says, I don't even know if we can sell. We really want to sell, but I don't think our value is there. And I asked her more questions. And I, set a, a, the five, I asked her to set an appointment with her and her husband. I called her three or four times the next day on the Saturday morning. She set the appointment on a, like a I think we set it on the next day on a Sunday morning. I went to their house and uh, I explained what the short sale process was. They didn't understand. They actually, it was funny. They felt so bad that they, uh, they, they, didn't, they, they were not making their payments on their mortgage. And they really took that um, as like a personal thing uh, in terms of like not being able to make their payments on their debt. And it was stressing them out so much uh, that they felt so much relieved after I left their house. Uh, with, and I gave, I gave them what the process was to relieve them from that burden of that stress and, and, and show them a path to kind of like getting from under that house and moving on with their life. Real estate rock stars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui with a quick commercial break from our sponsor, Rent Ready. Why do you invest in real estate? To retire early? To build your dream home? Start your own business? Whatever the reason, whatever the dream, Rent Ready can help you reach it. With Rent Ready's unlimited property management features, your real estate dreams are also unlimited. Rent Ready is landlord tenant software that covers all of your real estate investing needs, including unlimited properties, tenants, and live customer support so you can start small and grow your business without increasing costs. You know, I've had plenty of subscriptions before where you get charged like per house that you own or per deal you've done. And what they're saying is, hey, it's gonna cost the same thing no matter what. Whether you have one house, 10 houses, or 100 houses, they're not gonna penalize you when you grow and they're gonna help you grow. Rent Ready is a flat price and scalable for your needs. No need to shell out big bucks for multiple management softwares. With Rent Ready, they have everything you need all in one platform so you manage your rentals and grow your portfolio. As a special offer, you've heard it on here before, you can try Rent Ready for one year for only a buck, but with, you have to use our code. 
here is the code ROCKSTAR, R-O-C-K-S-T-A-R, and sign up for RentReady's annual plan at RentReady.com. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code ROCKSTAR to get rent ready for a year for just a buck. And if you want to learn more about Rent Ready or you want to learn more about Ryan, the CEO and founder of Rent Ready, go check out episode 939 where I interviewed him about why he created this, this platform and what they're doing next. And Jay, this is super inspirational to tell people like how to how to work hard and keep going no matter what and not to get discouraged because your first deal that you got, that it was also a hard deal, right? Your first yes. deal that you came was like doing a short sale and you hadn't, you obviously hadn't done a short sale Nothing. before, like you hadn't done any deals. So the, that was a very specialized, like crazy niche. So, yes. so to be able to not give up, they said, hey, I would like to sell, but I don't know if I have the value. I could see a bunch of agents moving on to the next one and going, okay, you're right. You don't have the value. I don't know what I'm doing. And instead you're like, I'm going to give it a try. So the, so it took you six months for the first deal. How many other deals did you do that first year? About 10, about 10 transactions that first year. Okay. So then it started to, you know, started to roll. You started to get more of those people calling back and saying, okay, Jay, I'm ready to buy. I'm ready to sell. Most of the people that first year, were they selling their houses or were they buying houses? Selling. Actually my first year, all uh, were transactions were listings. I didn't even know how to work with buyers. That's incredible. You know, and yeah. there, are, there are a lot of buyers, there are a lot of new agents that are kind of, uh, whether they like it or not, they become buyer's agents because that yeah. seems to be the lead for new agents. But you've actually said, no, by just taking a list of home phone numbers, you were able to become a listing agent your first year just from cold calling. Really cool. You know, if, if, yeah. uh, listeners, if, if there's any of you guys out there that really want to be a listing agent, like you should listen to some of the stuff that Jay is talking about here and also not to get discouraged. It is hard to work hard doing the same thing for six months before you see any payoff for it. It is hard to see what might be there. If you were going to give yourself any advice for that first year, if you could go back and, and talk to yourself five or six months in, what advice would you tell yourself about your business? You know, it's a, it's a good question. I would, I would probably uh, just be more patient, be more patient, uh, seek out more mentors, and, uh, but I, you know, man, I think I, I, I wouldn't change anything from my experience because, you know, just going back to what you said, just being, uh, doing all listings my first year. The reason why I was doing all listings my first year is because my brokers wouldn't allow me to do, to work buyers. And I just took him for his word. He says, like, you are not allowed to work with buyers in that office. And all yeah. you, you were allowed to work was, was listings. I wouldn't, I didn't even know how to use the MLS to create a safe search. Like I didn't have, uh, you know, an IDX website. I had no idea what I, you know, all I, all I did was follow what they told me to do. And I just went, you know, full force, maximum, you know, uh, focus. And uh, I just did not question anything. So it's, it's, it's a fascinating uh, start for me, for sure. Yeah. So the, so now let's dig into, so you said when you started, you know, a lot of the real estate companies out there are like MLM schemes where they just, you feel like they just try to hire a bunch of agents without caring. You were going to do it different. So the, was that the, did you stay with Century 21 when you, cause you no. talked, cause you, all right, so then when did you make a transition to go start to build your own team that then you went off and sold? Uh, probably about 18 months into my first year. Um, so what happened was that I, um, Essentially, that first 18 months, I, just, I was grinding through it. Again, 10 hours a day, seven days a week. I was grinding through the whole thing. 
And um, you know, my wife, was, you know, we had our first child, and uh, probably about eighteen months in eighteen months into, I burned out, and I so I changed offices, but during that time. I, I needed to get away. I needed to kind of like go travel, do something. And uh, I found um, uh, I found a, a local independent and I found a, like an assistant manager within the office that was knowledgeable, nice, and I could trust with my transactions. And I literally hand them about six, seven transactions. And I told them, hand, you know, please take these, help me with these. Uh, I'll split with you 50-50. I'm going to go on a, on a, I went, I went to Paris for, for a month and I just gave him my phone, my phone and I gave my transaction. I left and I figured, okay, half of the transactions are going to close. The other half are not going to close. I'll deal with it when I come back. And I, you know, I just, you know, I just knew that the guy was going to do right by my clients. He's a good guy and he's going to take care of my clients. When I came back, he does, he did such an amazing job that, you know, my clients were happy. Every, all the transactions closed, even the ones that I didn't think will close. And I, and I thought to myself, maybe I'm ready to go to the next stage where I can leverage uh, some of that activity and volume that I did. And I can start hiring, you know, buyers agents. All right. So then you started to grow and the, and so tell us, but the story is pretty incredible. So you started that Within four years, was it four, within four years of, of starting the new thing that then you got it and sold it? And what, what was that process yes. like? And, and how much did you sell? What was, what, just tell us yeah. what gets that process. So, yeah. So we went, for, you know, so once we decided to start growing, so we went, like I went from 10 transactions my first year to 30 my second year to about 90 the third year to about 120 the, the following year. And you and, were doing that with a team when you were doing 120, yeah, you had assistants. I'm sorry, stuff. 180, 180 that, that, that fourth year. Yeah. So I had a team. So I had buyer's agents and I started, you know, turning some of the buyer's agents to listing agents and I had a marketing uh, manager, I had an operations manager. So we were systemized. We had our own office, we had our own brand. We, um, uh, we like everybody had the same email address. Everybody had the same uh, email signature. Everybody had, you know, the, our t-shirts, our logo, everything was like, you know, branded, standardized. You know, we had the way of, we did the, the, the first conversation with the client. We had the way if you did the first presentation to the client. We had our booklets that we give a buyer or, or a seller. We had our own PowerPoint presentation. Everything was systemized. And uh, it was consistent, you know, it was like the Starbucks experience. You would have the same drink in any store, anywhere you go. And uh, so that last year, that uh, fourth year, we were actually, we moved to Keller Williams because uh, we were in a, a, transa a, a transaction fee model. And it, the transaction fee with the number of transactions became too high. So Keller Williams became attractive because of the cap. So we moved to Keller Williams, but we had our own, we, we, we had our own office. So we were kind of like a mega um, agent office within Keller Williams that year. And, um, and, it, and, and I started thinking about like around the end of the year, I, 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 we were growing fast. And when you're in a growing business, there's a lot of capital that is needed to keep, with, keep up with that growth. You know, um, you're, you're, you know, you're doing more marketing, your office space is bigger, you have more people, you got to hire assistants, you have more bigger systems. So we're, start, we're still growing 40, 50% year over year, but our, you know, capital needs are growing. So I started thinking about finding investors, maybe raising money. And I started just literally just talking to people and um, nothing came out of that really, but it essentially just put the energy out in the universe that, you know, I was kind of ready for that next step. 
And, um, and it's just so it happened that we randomly, uh, I randomly got a, a cold email uh, from a big independent, a $6 billion you know, independent that's local in Orange County. Uh, it was a cold email that they were, they were trying to grow through acquisition. And uh, they thought we were essentially an independent brokerage because we were kind of branded separate. So they thought we were independent. They, see, they saw our volume, they saw our branch volume. And uh, they reached out to us and I, uh, and I literally spammed, I sent the email to spam because I didn't think of it. And then I got curious about 15 minutes later, I went back to the spam inbox and I brought it back and I clicked on it and I sent an email, you know, tell me more. And I uh, got a call the next day and I spoke to the guy, the guy came to my office. We talked for two hours. We just liked each other. We really enjoyed our conversation about the industry and the business. And then he figured that we were not a brokers, we were a team, but he were interested in the model because we were, the way we were structured, we were structured better than bro independent brokers. M most of the production, you know, was not coming from me. You know, 10% of the production was coming from me, 90% of the production coming from the team. So it was a very attractive, you know, kind of model for them. And uh, we started the conversation from there. It was like around March and then literally we closed in July. So the so he said, "Hey, we want to buy into your company." Yeah. And then, but it but it was but it was like actually buying into ownership in the team. And then so then you sold a major stake in your team. The yeah. and were and so how did you value that? So the when it comes up with with valuations and they go, when you come up with a dollar volume. What is a team worth? How does someone decide what a team is worth? That's a great question. So uh, that was also something unique uh, for us. But in general, uh, teams are valued at um, I, between two and a half and three uh, and three times EBITDA uh, earnings before um, taxes, uh, depreciation, and amortization. And um, essentially, so whatever that net profit at the end, time, you know, remove all your expenses, your personal expenses are you're shoving into that, you know, that uh, the, those uh, filings that times two and a half, uh, between two and a half and three. Uh, and, and that the difference between two and a half and three is based on the risk in the business. You know, if the team um, has, you know, 50% um, of the business coming from the team leader, then it's a little bit more risk because if you buy in the business and the team leader leaves, you lose half the business. Uh, if the team is structured in a way that is sticky, where the agents um, have to stay with the team or have a you know, stickiness to the team or to the business, uh, there's less risk than if they're essentially just hanging their license with an office. Uh, so there are a lot of different variations to what that multiple ends up being, but that's usually the formula. All right. So the... So the risk is based on, yeah, so you, if you, no one wants to buy a company and then Jay retires and they find out that Jay was half the value, right? Exactly. And, you, and you go, no, you just gave me, you just paid me. I don't have to do any, <laughs> I, I can quit now if I want to. And so I know, I'm sure there's some agreements and stuff in there. So two and a half times a three. And when you're talking about you know, EBITDA, right? So if you have, you know, 5 million in gross commissions that comes in yeah, and then you have, 3 million that goes out to, you know, your agents and then a million into your lease, right? Yeah. That's, that's your million dollars. Like, like, those are the expenses, right? The expenses are, yeah. what are you paying the agents for doing the volume and any yeah. costs they have, office costs. If it ends up that you're a million bucks left after everything, then yeah. you could, you could potentially sell your team for two and a half to three million bucks. Three million, correct. Right. So then they're going to make that million a year instead of you making it, but you get to sell for that. Very cool. And it makes, yeah. it makes sense. You talk about a bunch of different valuations for businesses that are out there like software companies are like six to 10 and things like that, which is kind of crazy. I've heard of real estate books 
you know, only being worth like one times revenue, right? Because if somebody is like getting ready to retire and they're not a good, and you know, and it's just them, right? Yeah. So if it's just a person with a brand says, hey, I want to retire, I'll pass off all my clients to you. People yeah. essentially say, well, we'll buy it for one times gross commissions because we don't really know if people are going to keep, especially when it's so much about a person, when it's about a team and a system and the way that you guys are generating new leads, that's how it gets to be there. So uh, you talked to Curtis before you know, when, when you did your pre-interview and yeah. you had like a, a kind of steps on how to build a business to sell. The, yeah. you know, talk about some of those. So if somebody's listening right now and they're getting ready to start their team or they have their team, but now they're thinking about, whoa, I never thought I could sell off my team or a portion yeah. of my team, right? Like you didn't sell a hundred percent of your team, did you? Yeah, I sold 70%. Right. So you sold 70%. Like talk about getting yeah. risk off the table. You took a big paycheck. You still get 30% of that, you know, EBITDA, but now 70% is going to somebody else. And that probably helps you grow or do whatever else you want to do. So what are the steps of how to build a business to sell? Yeah. So whether you want to, so let me take a step back. So whether you want to sell or not, I think it's a good process to go through because, you know, uh, there, there, there are books that have been written, built to sell, built to last. I think if you design your business to sell, you will last. So the same practice, the same foundation that you're going to build to sell that business is going to make that business sustainable and it's going to make that business, uh, you know, a growing, healthy business. So it has to start with essentially the intention. You have to be intentional about, um, you know, essentially building a business to sell or to last. So uh, in, in, you know, uh, the way you want to think about it is how do you build essentially a business in the box? that you can hand someone, whether you're there or not, if you get hit by a bus, that business is still growing and it's still, you know, thriving. And, and not only you're building that business for someone else, but you can build it for your, you know, family, you build it for your team, build it for the people that trusted, you know, to join you. So essentially my, the intention is essentially how to design that business from the beginning uh, that way. So it starts with, you know, systems. It starts with, you know, having a vision of what you want your, consumer or your buyers and sellers to experience and then um and then mapping that that experience based on your style based on your brand and then mapping that experience for your agents or your employees and then having a process for that having a process for client acquisition having a process for client retention and having process for agent acquisition and agent re retention and, um, you know, Peter Drucker says uh, that the only reason to, for a business to exist is to acquire customers and to keep them. And I would say, I would say yes, but also to acquire talent and to keep it. Uh, because one of the ways to, 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 to keep the customers is to have great people, amazing people, well-trained people, motivated people. So, and then essentially, uh, once you have those systems and processes for your acquisition, retention of clients, acquisition and retention of agents, now you have to build a culture within your organization that's going to seal those processes and then, um, you know, uh, safeguard that, uh, that tribal wisdom and keep it within, you know, the organization so you're not leaking you know, you see these teams that are just like, you know, a, a turnover machines, people coming in, people leaving, people coming in. So you're trying to create, you know, uh, essentially a culture that's going to be sticky for agents. And, and essentially you align your culture, um, your, your team culture with your brand. Now, when the consumer is seeing your brand and they meet your agents, the agent represent that brand. The agent speaks the brand, breeds the brand. 
And I think that's when you have that magic where you have something that's, you know, that's in the box that can not, uh, not only can be sold, but also can last, you know, for a long time. That's awesome. So you start with, that's kind of like that, the mindset of the brand, who are we and how are we doing that? Then you really dive that into building the processes and the standardization to go and this is, well, you learned that at your very first job. They said, here's a phone number and here's what you're going to say. Right. And and so that was the process. That was the standardization process. Like Jace, you're going to sit down, you're going to call these numbers every day and here's your script. So you took what you did your first day and you kind of said, well, maybe, but now you've learned stuff. Right. You, you've been doing yes. it. For, so you started to add extra things to your standardization. So now yes. you've got that structure to build to keep that thing. Now, Curtis said that when you talked to him earlier, you said that hiring is so important in what you do. And you there's a certain type of agent that you like to hire and that you were focusing on hiring. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So there are three criteria that we look for. Uh, we look for intelligence. We look for high ethics and we look for, um, high, you know, work, you know, work. Uh, habits, you know, so uh, we want people that are smart, people that are gonna, you know, that are gonna grind, and they're gonna they're gonna take care of the clients. They're not gonna screw our clients. So essentially, that those are three elements that we recruit for. You know, obviously, you can interview person, you could tell their intelligence from the conversations you're having with them. You could tell a little bit about their work ethic, a little bit, you know, from their history. Um, you you know, but you really can't tell if they're ethical people and they're going to make the right decision, the right thing by the client, you know, right there and then unless you experience them. But that's, you know, essentially another stage that we see when they come into our environment. So essentially, whenever we are interviewing, we're um, essentially screening for that first half. And then that first month or so, we're seeing the work ethic in front of us. And then maybe that first, you know, the second two months, we're seeing their you know, behavior, if they're doing the right things with our team members, they're doing the right thing with our, and that's essentially, those are essentially kind of like checkpoints for us when, when people come into our world is that we interview a couple of times up up front, you know, then we observe that first 30 days and then we lose probably some people in that first 30 days and then the 90 day. And then if they pass the 90 day, they usually stay with us for three, four five years. So do you prefer new agents or seasoned agents when you're doing that? We prefer new agents, people, agents that have been in the business maybe like less than two years, a year and a half. Uh, that's usually, to, they tend to not have bad habits. You know, they haven't established the bad work routines because that's one of the things that, you know, when people come to our world, uh, they bring everything with, us, with them. So they don't just, you know, they don't just come as a body from eight to, you know, to five. They actually bring their, uh, their work, their, their, their sleeping habit, their diet habits, their, uh, relationship habits, their financial, you know, habits, and essentially they bring all that stuff with them, and we 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 essentially have to help them and guide them in that transformation when they go into our, when they come into our world to start with their work habits first, and then kind of you know make them understand that hey, in order for you to sustain this high level of activity, you got to take care of your health, you got to take care of your um, you know sleep, your you know. Uh, water, your, uh, your relationships, you got to take care of uh, uh, your financials, you can't be, you know, always, you know, in debt and stressed out about it. And so all these things kind of like start, we start building, in, it's almost like, a, uh, we're in a kind of like a, a human transformation business, you know, we're, right. we're not just you know what I mean? We're not it's like just, that whole life millionaire talk, right? You're like, we're not just going to help you succeed at this, but you've yeah. got to, you got to succeed at life. 
and yes. help giving the tools to succeed at life. There's got to be some advantage too to agents. Go when you first say new agents, but that's you know, agents within their first year or two. They also know by then that it's not necessarily easy money, right? That they're right. not going to get you know, so the, like you said, you didn't get your first deal for six months. I've met a lot of people a few months into real estate that haven't gotten a deal yet. And they go, this sucks. I quit, right? Like yes. I'm just not going to do it anymore. But if you've got somebody that's been around for a year or two, they've at least experienced a little bit of expectation, right? The yes. expectation that says, hey, I'm, they're coming to you because they haven't quite performed at their level yet, but they also know that it's not going to be easy and they're ready to, to grow. So, all right. So, so you get this, you come up with your brand and your culture, you come up with your systems, your how-to, you make it really, really specific. This is how we do it. You start hiring new talent, you teach them your system, you help grow them as people. And now your business starts to grow and your team yeah. starts to grow and you're helping them, you know, get deals through the systems. How do you know when you're ready to sell? Like, how did you, like you started saying, Hey, I think we can sell. If somebody else has grown a team and they're thinking about selling or they're listening right now and they're like, Hey, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go do that right now. At what moment is a good time for somebody to sell? Cause part of me would say, well, if it's going to keep growing, just keep getting your team revenue. Why? So right. I guess why sell? Why would someone yes. sell and how do they know if it's a good time to sell? That's a, that's a, such a great question. Um, for me, uh, selling was not to, uh, was not to exit. Uh, for me, selling was to find essentially a partner to grow it. You know, it's almost like, you know, uh, you, you, you've been growing, 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 and you want to get to a point where you just take a break, just take a breather. Cause you know, you're, you're in this roller coaster and you're managing, you know, all this growth and you're managing the challenges of cash flow that you just sometimes just want to break and you want to find, um, you know, a partner that's going to help you get to the next level. And for me, like I, like I was telling you, the, the, the question at first was like, how can we help you know, finance the growth? How can we get, a, you know, some level of uh, partnership to find? So my goal is not to exit. Uh, but there are people that you know that may may need uh, uh, may need to exit because of you know health or because of you know family situation or because of financial situation. But I, in general, most of the teams are like fast growing teams where they need they need that partner that's going to get them to the next level. And, you know, they get to the um, maybe they they hit a million or they hit two million dollars in um, uh, GCI, and now they want to hit that five million, and that's a big leap to be able, you know, you probably don't have the systems, you don't have the processes. Uh, a lot of teams that I see, uh, they've grown maybe to uh, 3 million GCI, but 50% or 60% of the production is coming from them. And they've never been able to transition to a place where 90 to 90% of the production is coming from their team. And, and that comes from, you know, like the structure of the team, the training, the coaching, the, uh, uh, the, the, the way they positioned uh, you know, their, their, their team structure. So, uh, so having a partner to come in and help them uh, re reset essentially, and essentially cons it's almost like a, a, you know, a consultant to come and look at their business and restructure it in a way that's going to allow it to grow from that 2 million, uh, 1 million GCI, 2 million, 3 million GCI to that 5, 10 million GCI. So the, and maybe, and that's probably part of why you sell part of it. Right. So Correct. you're actually saying like, Hey, it's not just like you grew it, you sell it and you're done. You're going to sell it based on, you're going to get some money for what you've done so far. Correct. But now you're going to get a partner that says, so let's say you sell for, you know, 70% for a million dollars today. 
Yeah. The the hope is that within a year or two, and now you still own 20 or 30% of your business, that they're yeah. going to help you grow it so big that in another couple of years, you could sell it for another couple million dollars. Exactly. You so you're exactly. not just selling it to people, you're selling it to people that are going to help you grow your business. The yeah. uh, I hadn't thought about it like that. It's like a selling in to a partnership. Well, that is any other like big advice you would give somebody when they're talking about you know real estate in 2020 or things to focus on or just how to succeed as an agent? Well, I think there's a big shift right now in the, in, in the demographics of the clients that we work with. And, um, and there's a, a definitely a, a multiple shifts in terms of like the systems, the technologies and the way we do our business. So um, you definitely want to pay attention to those elements. You would definitely want to position your offering, your service offering, however it is, whether you're a single agent or a small team or a big team, you want to, um, you know, you want to uh, frame your offering to that target consumer and, and, and communicate with them in the way they want to be communicated to and service them in the way they want to be serviced. And COVID has exposed all that. You know, I mean, in real estate right now, 50% of the agents are doing really well. 50%, uh, you know, are just, you know, struggling. And, and, and th- that, you know, that gap is, is essentially be- the, the between old world and new world. And it's just like the retailer, the, um, uh, the brick and mortar retailer is struggling right now. The online retailers are doing really well. The uh, agents who have uh, taken technology as a base uh, for them to do business and uh, dug deep into uh, understanding how the new clients uh, or the consumers behave, the new consumer behavior uh, has changed, uh, have been successful and we're able to take advantage of this, um, you know, of this uh, situation. We grew this year. I mean, this last 12 months, we actually grew about 40%. Our business has grown, even though our market has shrunk about 10%. You know, the number of transactions closed has been down 10% in our market, but our business and our team has, has grown about 40%. And just, just because we're positioned uh, more like, you know, an Amazon and less like, you know, um, you know, a Ben Bad Beyond or, or uh, a big lots. Yeah. You know, Jay, this was a really inspirational interview out there for people to show them how to work hard to grow something. And then also some really actionable tips for what to think about when they're growing, if that's what they want to do. If someone, if someone wants to reach out to you, the, uh, as we, as we close out the show, there's always messages and people saying, Hey, how do I get a hold of that guy? So if somebody wants advice on how to sell their business, or they want advice on how to buy a business, or what they should do on their team, or they want your help, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? And do you want them to get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, if they if they're thinking about growing their business or selling or maybe, you know, just restructuring, happy to help. My phone number is 562-338-4894. I think it's showing on the screen, maybe. Uh, and my email is j at homeearly.com. Uh, um, home early with Wenny. So j at homeearly.com. J at homeearly.com, H-O-M-E-A-R-L-Y. We will have that in the show notes as well. The And he just gave you his phone number. Jay, thanks for coming on. And any all you listeners out there, I hope that you really uh, took what Jay said and you listened and you took some notes. Hopefully you get excited about making some of those phone calls if you need to or growing that team or hiring or creating that culture. So much important stuff in there. And he means it when he says, you know, reach out and he will help you with that. So Real Estate Rockstars, thank you for listening. Jay Borgana, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Aaron. 
All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I wanna make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate, how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.